welcome. Good to have you with us. I'm speaking to all three of our campuses today and to everybody online. It's important that you hear directly from the lead minister, the vision for this year, because it involves all of us and uh, because you play a part in this. And I want to make sure that we're all in alignment with this, that we're enthusiastic about the great things that God wants to do through us in the coming year. And if you're a guest, I want to welcome you. Hope you feel at home here. But you need to know this is one of those weeks where I'm actually primarily going to be speaking to our regulars and to our members. But it's also a good week for you to be here to kind of see why we do what we do, what we're all about. And hopefully you'll want to be a part of it too, because I think everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves, don't they? I mean, you want to be a part of something that really matters, that impacts a lot of lives and really that changes lives forever. And that's exactly what the role of the church is. It's the greatest cause in the world. It's the hope of the world when it's functioning the way God intended. And it's the only thing that's going to outlast everything else. So I want us to think bigger about church. And just we come here and we get a little bit of inspiration and encouragement to survive another week. Because we get into that survival mentality. Like I just got to get through this week and figuring out ways to to check things off my to-do list, maybe a little bit more efficient and things, and not really thinking beyond next weekend or you know the next vacation or beyond retirement. I want us to think bigger and look beyond to a, a greater purpose for why I'm here, why I'm alive. I'm not here just to survive another week. Uh, it's not like I need more stuff to do either. It's, it's what I want to become. I want to be more like Jesus. And my life has meaning because he made me for a mission. See, the church isn't like anything else. What you get here, you can't get anywhere else. It's not just another uh, social agency. It's not another community organization or an educational uh, institution, charitable foundation, fraternal lodge. It's so much more than any of those things. And it's not just something that God gives us to fill up a little bit of time on our day off from work. You know, this is... This is something that we need. The church is what we need to grow to become more like Jesus, what our life is all about, and to do the mission that God's given us to do. The reason why he hasn't taken us to heaven yet is because he's got work for us to do, and we can't do it alone. It's only going to get done if we do it together. You have a part in that mission. What is it? It's to make disciples. We know that here at South Point. Very familiar passage to us is Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus says this. In fact, we're all going to say it out loud together. Here we go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. So there we are. We make disciples by baptizing and teaching to obey. So a disciple is somebody who is trying to become like their master mentor. And for us, of course, that's Jesus. Making disciples is not something that he gave to some ecclesiastical hierarchy of professionals to do. It's what he gave to his disciples to do what he was doing. And so it's it's not just a suggestion for us, it's our calling. It's our command to imitate what Jesus did with his 12. And you remember he said, I will build my church. And he's not talking about constructing actual buildings here. We're his work crew to build the church. How is he building you and me? How is he using you to build into others? And here we are a year later. We're so grateful that at this time last year, we were talking about a building, right? That God had given us this great, bigger, better building for our Allen Park campus. And it's been an awesome blessing to help us fulfill that mission and to reach Northern Down River. But the building 
is just a tool. Everything that we have is just a tool to help us build his church to accomplish the mission. And for us, our focus is on the people closest to us. It's downriver. It's all about winning downriver to Christ. Now, not just downriver, because obviously this is for all nations, all people groups. It's for all communities. But we are most responsible for the people right here in our own backyard, in our networks of relationships. Because, see, God wants every single person alive to become a disciple of his son. Followers who are doing what Jesus himself came to do, which was what? He said, I've come to seek and save the lost. The only cause great enough to get him to leave heaven and come down to this earth was to seek and save people who are far from God, who are separated from God by their sin. And only he could give his life on the cross to forgive our sins. We're supposed to be like Jesus. We want to be like him, but we can't do that. Only he could actually save the world like that. And only by rising from the dead could he give us eternal life. That's the good news that we have to share. That's the hope that we have to offer the world. This is, this is life and death, heaven and hell kind of stuff. I mean, I want you to think about people. Consider those who are closest to you and what's going to happen to them when they die. However far off or close that might be. I mean, that's what's at stake here. And that's why we've got to be reminded of this constantly to focus on this. Why it's so important that we got to get some urgency in this mission. Not anxiety, but some urgency in it. And that's why the purpose of the church really isn't so much about us. The ones who are actually here. It's so much bigger than that. It's not, this isn't, church isn't about holding services and putting on programs and filling up events. It's about winning people to Christ. It's about the people who aren't even here yet. And so Christians and churches, we do all kinds of wonderful things for people in the world. And I'm so grateful. I'm thankful. I love the fact that so many of you out last year were out blessing our community. You were doing the, the literally the downriver, the Detroit Bless Fest. We're doing the weekly food pantry, all the block parties, the downriver go serve and go feed. And you're housing and feeding the homeless and providing backpacks for kids and, and holiday meals and gifts. And those are all wonderful things. But you know what? That's not the mission of the church. All that social service, all those good works, that's not our primary purpose. What those do, that gets people ready for what they need the most. What they need is salvation. They need the good news of Jesus. So it's not social service, nor is it social justice and activism. I mean, we can be the conscience of community. The church can be a voice to try and make the world a better place. You know, like tomorrow, uh, our nation is going to be recognizing uh, the struggle for civil rights on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And that's a very noble cause to be uh, protesting against racial discrimination and calling for equality. That's all good. And, and the same weekend, we're also uh, recognizing uh, the right to life, you know, and, and protesting against all the unjust abortion laws. And, and churches around the country are, are calling for honoring the sanctity of life. And so that's all good stuff. It's important. We, we value life, we value equality, we value dignity, but that's not the primary purpose of the church. Our mission is to make disciples, to offer eternal life. Nobody else can do that. Only the church can offer that. And I'm glad to report that South Point's doing that. I, I, I wanna let you know we are a healthy, unified church with godly leadership, dedicated servants with great worship services and next generation ministries, adult groups. But you know what's most important? is the people 
being baptized, the ones who are giving their lives to Christ. That's the thing that we highlight every week because week after week, we have, we have always seen an incredible rate of baptisms here year after year after year. And last year, 143 people made that decision to be baptized into Christ because that's most important. It's shorthand for salvation. That's why we exist. It's the thing that pleases the heart of God more than anything else and brings a smile to his face. And my prayer is that you would have a God-inspired vision for your life of where he wants to take you and how he wants to use you. And I don't know specifically what that means for you. I mean, it's something you're going to have to figure out between you and God, prayer, counsel, trial and error. But I do know this. It involves making disciples. It does. Disciples making disciples. More and better disciples, which is what we focused on in the vision talk last year. And that's still our vision, but we're refining it a little bit more this year by focusing on reproducing. And I'll tell you why. Because there are so many people yet to be reached for Jesus. There's no way we're going to reach them by just adding more people. We've got to multiply. And that comes through reproducing. Look, I'm, I'm amazed at what God has done here over the years. It's, it's incredible, but I'm not satisfied. And none of us should be satisfied with that, that we continue at this pace when there are so many people out there who are not experiencing what we've experienced through Christ. And what we're accomplishing right now is nowhere near indicative of what the Holy Spirit is able to do through us. We have a divine mission and a spiritual empowerment. And so our vision now is reproducing disciples who make disciples by helping people take next steps with God through the next nine. So the focus is on reproducing. That's the vision of where I want to see us headed. You know, vision is like where you see yourself in the future, what you want to become. So here we are at the beginning of the year, and so many of us, we say, we want to get in shape. We want to get in shape. So what are you going to do about that? How? Well, all right. So you, you look at the before and after. Where am I now? So if you're a guy, you know, you might maybe get in front of the mirror and you take a selfie. Maybe even brave enough, you strip off your shirt and you just let everything hang over and droop and everything. Go, okay, that's where I am now. I'm not putting that picture on the fridge, but okay, I got it. So I can compare. But the picture I'm going to put on the fridge is what I want to become, what I want to look like. So I'm going to put a picture of Chris Hemsworth up there or maybe Mike, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan up there. That's what I'm aiming for. I mean, short of plastic surgery, you know. Wait a minute, second thought, don't, don't put a picture of those guys on your fridge because your wife's going to see that. Don't do that. But, you know, be a little bit more realistic. Tom Hanks or you know, Martin Lawrence, somebody like that. that I want to become better than what I am. So that's our vision. And the picture I want to put on the church fridge is of all of us starting to look more like Jesus. A bunch of little mini Christ running around doing what he did. The more we can look like Jesus, the more we're going to be able to carry out his mission, his work. Reproduce by taking next steps. If we could just do one thing during the next year, if we could, one thing, that's what's the most important thing, it would be to help more and more people become like Jesus. To, to have these healthy 3C Christians who are reproducing themselves. So the big idea is to be a disciple-making disciple. Not just a disciple, but a disciple-making disciple. How are we gonna do that? Well, there's three ways. We're gonna talk about all three. Number one is discipleship. Because it all begins with you. What kind of a disciple are you? Because you can only reproduce what you are. Think about the Apostle Paul, his before and after picture, right? I mean, Jesus radically changed his life. And he says, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. I'm going to devote myself to helping other people come to know Jesus and become like him. He talks about that in Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29. He says, he, Christ, is the one that we proclaim. Admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Why? So that. We may present everyone what? 
fully mature in Christ. I mean, that's the after picture. You know, that's who you want to look like. That's your goal. To this end, I strenuously contend with all energy. Christ so powerfully works in me. So his work, his life work, empowered by the Spirit of Christ, was to share the good news of Jesus and help others become like Jesus, mature and complete in Christ. That's worth devoting all of my energy to. It's worth giving my whole life to. And that's why our mission here is winning downriver to Christ by creating Christians who are committed, connected, and contributing. Because that's what a healthy Christian looks like. That's what a Christ-like person looks like. They're committed to Christ, they're connected to one another in the church, and they're contributing to the world. And a healthy church is full of healthy 3C Christians reproducing themselves. In fact, helping each other take those next steps. That's what the next nine is all about. It's these steps. It's a strategy for developing as disciples of Jesus. And so here's what South Point does. We can do three things. Number one, in the next nine, we can invite these 3C expressions. And so the first column there are the things that we invite people to take these personal first steps in, to be baptized, to become a member of the church, to practice generosity. And we invite those expressions every week. Where do we do that? Well, that's the middle column. Secondly, we provide three C environments where everybody can be taught God's word and encouraged to share life together in in these environments of worship services, groups, teams. That's where it all happens. And we'd love to see an increase in those environments here. That's a key objective. But then thirdly, that last column is where South Point encourages 3C extensions beyond um, the environments to where you're going further in your faith. And what we can do is, is our objective is to equip you, to resource you, to be able to have that encounter time with God daily, to uh, be able to coach somebody, and then to go into the world and make disciples on your own. Okay, we want to help you do that. So what we're doing is we're asking you to check your progress against the next nine to see where you are in your discipleship, what's your next step, because we want to get all nine of those boxes covered, right? So we want to be able to get to the point where we say, well, I've either done those or I'm, I'm doing them right now. Which one do I need to begin or to increase or to improve? And whatever next step you need to take, I would encourage you, urge you to allow us to help you take that next step. So here's the deal. This is the norm, or it should be the norm, that every one of us should be a disciple-making disciple through reproduction. We reproduce ourselves, right? 143 people baptized into Christ last year. Do you know why? It's because you shared your faith with them. It's because you invited them. You boldly pointed them to Jesus. You shared your story, your testimony with them. You communicated the gospel to them. You led them to faith, repentance, and baptism. The waters got stirred because of your witness. That's how it works. And so our objective is each member sharing the gospel and inviting, resulting in increases in baptism and worship attendance. If we could all focus on those kinds of things, I mean, what what incredible results we could see here. And the problem is we get sidetracked. We get involved in all kinds of other things. Churches often get wrapped up in so many different activities and ministries, they forget what we're really here for. We got to keep the main thing the main thing, always. And so a reproducing church multiplies new groups, new teams, new services, and new churches. We like to call that the 222 principle because Paul talks about it in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. He's writing to uh, one of his young apprentices here, to Timothy. 
And he says this. In fact, we'll say this out loud, everybody together again. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who also be qualified to teach others. See how that works? Paul reproduces himself in a few men like Timothy, Titus, Epaphras, among others. Guys who were then be qualified to reproduce themselves in yet others who would then be able to reproduce themselves in others. You see how that works? Paul is no longer just impacting three men, but through those three men, he's impacting now 27 men. Not just adding, but multiplying, and on and on and on, down to this very day. Now, guess where all that developing and investing happens best? Happens in groups. Groups are where you get together throughout the week with a few other men or women or couples or mixed or young adults or our teens and our kids. They all have groups too where you experience biblical community. You explore the Bible about how to apply God's word to your life and that's how you grow spiritually. And it's where you function best as the church. Because, you know, we got we to gotta know each other. We got to be in proximity with and near each other to love one another, serve one another, build up one another, bear one another's burdens, offer hospitality to one another. And it can't happen unless we're together. That's why we don't want to just be a church with optional groups, but we really want to become a church of groups where everybody's involved in a group, really being the church for one another. Because otherwise, you know what happens if we just come on the weekend, as important as that is, and we stay in these rows, is it becomes like a movie theater with just a bunch of strangers coming and going, never interacting with each other. And the truth is sometimes you can feel more loved and cared for by your coworkers because you're with them every day instead of your spiritual family who you only see once or twice a month. So see, life is better together and church happens best in circles. Rows are good, we need them, but we need circles with, to be with each other. Because who's gonna be there for you? Who are you gonna call on when you're struggling, when you're hurting, when, when you're in the hospital? I'll tell you who's gonna be your group. That's who's gonna be there for you because they know you, they love you, they care for you. So we're starting a new, a new semester of groups. This week, new groups are be forming. So this is a great time to, to get involved in one. You got a card when you came in that tells you how to, to go online to groups.southpointccc.com or hook up to our Wi-Fi like you did with the connection card. You can find groups there. Go out in the lobby afterward to the tables or to Info Central. And you, look, you don't have to be a church member. You don't have to know anything about the Bible to be a part of a group. You just show up. Okay. Because you, it's gonna, probably going to take you a while. I'll just tell you. It's going to take you a while to probably find a good match, a good group that's a right fit for you. But keep trying until you find the right one. The more groups we reproduce, the more options we have, the more disciples that we can make. And that leads to number three. If we're going to be disciple-making disciples, it's going to happen through apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. If South Point is going to provide these environments, worship services, groups, teams, guess what? We need more leaders for those environments. That means more worship artists producing more artists and group leaders reproducing more leaders, team leaders reproducing more leaders. What we want to do, an objective is to become a breeding ground for developing leaders. It's really not so much about having leaders, but it's about making disciples. You know, disciple makers is what we need because Jesus models this for us, right? With the 12, he picks out these 12 men and he spends a lot of time with them. In fact, we tend to think of Jesus spending a lot of time with crowds, don't we? But if you do research on the Gospels, he spends up to three-fourths of his time just with the 12. 
People have studied this and they, they found that Jesus was at 46 events, 46 events with just his 12, while he was at events with crowds only 17 times. So nearly three to one, he was with his smaller group than with the big crowds. What did he do with them? Well, he took them everywhere he went. They experienced things together. He taught them while they were doing on-the-job training. And there's actually this interesting word in John 3, 22, where it says, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he, and here it is, spent some time with them. Now, the, 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 there's only one Greek word for spent some time, and it's the word diatribo. And what it literally means is rubbed off on. You know, when you're around somebody a long time, they rub off on you. You become like them, which is why it's dangerous. Be careful who you hang out with because you become like them. Hang out with good people and become, they'll rub off on you. Jesus rubbed off on these guys because that was the only way he knew he was going to reach the world. He, was, he couldn't do it personally one-on-one. -on -one. Not enough time. Not, he can only be one place one time. But if he did it through the 12, who did it through others, who did it through others, on down to today, that's how you reach the world. It still works. And I think we were a lot better at this as a church back when there was more urgency to it. You know, back when we were trying to launch new services in new locations, back in 2010, we were reproducing all these artists and groups and everything because we had to have them to, to do new services, to do this new campus at Allen Park. And back in 2015, we were doing the same thing for Huron. We were reproducing all the time. But you know what? Since then, we've kind of backed off. And if we were to take a selfie picture of ourselves today, oh, man, no, it would not look good. It's, you know, everything would be drooping and sagging all over the place, all right? We've let ourselves go. Well, you know, we're not, we're not reproducing like we should. And so we need to get that urgency back. And what I want to do is to equip leaders here so they can teach and shepherd others. I want to provide more biblical content, some online training, not only to get you more knowledgeable, not to all the know what's, but I want you to have the know how. I want you to get more on the job training so you can be better leaders. So would you consider offering to become an apprentice? Okay, pray about that, okay? Because everybody can lead or mentor or coach somebody else. You're doing it all the time. If you're a parent, you're doing that for your kids all the time. In fact, in Titus chapter 2, Paul tells the older women, you're to teach what's good and so train the young women. All right, so there it is. What do you spiritually possess that you could pass on to someone else? Who do you know could benefit from some of your spiritual maturity. Now, not that you have to be perfect or anything, but would you commit yourself to multiplying some spiritual value or habit in somebody else? I mean, you, again, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be a Yoda-like master to have an apprentice. You just got to have somebody who's a couple steps behind you, okay? Those who are more experienced in God's word, in their faith, should spend some time with those who are less experienced, who are younger in their faith, in the word. Would you be a disciple-making disciple and less reproduced by taking next steps? Now, next week, we're going to begin a new series called Investing My Life Wisely. Because what are you really investing yourself in? Is it in things that matter and things that are going to produce value and things that are going to last we're going to talk about investing in our missions beyond Downriver. And then after that, we're going to jump into a new journey through the book of Acts and see how that Jesus movement began and how we're still a part of it today. So I hope you'll be here for all of that and that you'll bring somebody with you. So let me pray for you and for us. 
Lord, we, we can't wait to see what's next for our church. Would you give us the faith, give us the boldness to keep going forward, winning down river to Christ for the people that we know, our families, our friends, people we've never even met. And help us to get a vision, each of us, get a vision of ourselves through your eyes, of what we can be, what we can become, that we can be disciple-making disciples, that we see more and more people coming here and responding to the gospel, more and more getting involved in groups, more and more being equipped to minister and, and shepherd one another. And, and Father, give us a real urgency about this because there are thousands of people around us right now. They can't wait. They need Jesus now. So would you show me what my next step is and grow me spiritually and do what only you can do because I'm praying it in Jesus' name. Amen.